Soul Seekers, this is it. It's the 50th episode of Unleash Your Soul Song. It is also the last episode of Unleash Your Soul Song. But I'm not going anywhere, and I hope you're not either. We have got a lot of ground to still cover together, and we're going to continue to do that in the new podcast, Woo Woo in the Real World. But before we go there, I've got one last episode for you today. We are talking about wholeheartedness. We've heard it, right? We've all heard this word, and it sounds great. But what in the world does it mean? What does it mean to you? I'm going to share with you how I uncovered what it means for me and the hopes that you can do the same. If you're standing on a threshold, if you feel a yearning to tap into your greatest potential, but you're caught in that fuzzy in-between space of the now and not yet, don't despair. You're being invited to pivot with greater purpose. You're on the thrilling edge of becoming. You are being called to unleash your soul song. I'm Becky Fleischer, and I believe we're all born with a gift that's uniquely ours, our very own soul song. And I discovered on my own journey that when we unleash it into the world, man, does it make life sing. You might express it through writing, science, cooking, nursing, teaching, or some other endeavor. The song is different for each of us, and its expression can change throughout your life but it can only sing when you're in tune with your truest self. I know you're trying to get things in focus, that you're looking for encouragement and practical tools to illuminate your own personal journey. And that's what you're gonna get here. I'm excited to travel this road with you. Let's get going. Welcome back to another episode of Unleash Your Soul Song. I'm your host, Becky Fleischer. And you guys, this is it. This is the last episode of Unleash Your Soul Song. But don't worry, don't worry. I'm not really going anywhere. The podcast continues. It's just being rebranded with my very good friend and soul sister, Tammy McCarthy. We are changing the show. I talked about it a little bit in the last show. It's getting changed. We're morphing into a new show called Woo Woo in the Real World. It's a little lighter, a little more Fun, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. I think this podcast has been fun, but perhaps it's been also serious too. Tammy and I are really going to be out in the world, kind of taking the next step of this conversation that we've been having together here on Unleash Your Soul Song. Really here, we've been talking about embracing the edge of becoming and walking up to that scary edge where you can't see what's coming next. All you know is that you are being called forward to something more and how frightening and disorienting that is. So for 50 episodes, we have been talking about that. We have been unpacking what that looks like, what it feels like, different people's experiences, learning from people who have been there and can kind of show us the contours of that really frightening space and just trying to understand it. Really, just trying to get our arms around it because it is so confusing and it turns you around so much when you enter this liminal space between two halves of your life, between the first half of your life and the second half of your life. So we've talked a lot about that on Unleash Your Soul Song. And the next podcast, the extension of this podcast, Woo Woo in the Real World, that I'm going to be doing with Tammy McCarthy It's just the further exploration of that. It's really us walking on the further journey. We're just carrying on, two soul sisters. How do we do this now that we have embraced the edge of becoming? Now that we have made it through that 
dizzying vortex that happens when we go from living a linear life to a more cyclical life and flowing with things a little more. Now that we've made it through that uh, threshold moment, what does it look like to carry on? Because there are still challenges. Living this particular style of life, the contemplative life, the more aligned life, the more in tune life, it's not always easy. It's tricky. And sometimes it doesn't always look pretty. And so we're just going to show you what that looks like and share what we're learning along the way. It's going to be in video. It's also going to be on the podcast. You'll be able to consume it different ways. We're going to post it on our individual pages. But this morning, it's my last episode with you. And I do have something that came through to me. It's been coming through over the last month, really, and gelling around this idea of wholeheartedness and what that means. And we're going to get into that. And I, I really, the jumping off point is something that I read literally just hours ago. It's September 24th. This episode is going to air, I believe, on Monday. So that would be the 26th. So this is September 24th. And just this morning, I read something and I could hardly believe that I was reading these words. And I'll explain why. It's just so indicative of this path that when you start walking along the further journey, when you really commit to your second half of life journey, this authenticity, this deeper connection with source, things do start to line up. The teachers show up that you need, the words of inspiration you need show up. It's just the right time, the right thing, the right place. It just happens. This has been happening for me for a long time, but this last month in particular, has been particularly charged, which I'm going to share with you as we talk about wholeheartedness and kind of how I've had this experience with wholeheartedness this past month. But this morning I read this and I wanted to share it with you because I think it is so beautiful. And honestly, it is so completely fitting for the final episode of Unleash Your Soul Song. I I couldn't have imagined that this even existed in the world. And I read it just this morning. So this is something by Howard Thurman, who is a the- who was a theologian and mystic. He lived from 1900 to 1981. Incredible man. If you if you don't know about him, his work has really captured me a lot over the last several years. He was deeply involved in the civil rights movement and bringing uh, Gandhi's nonviolent approach and really influenced Martin Luther King Jr., so many of the civil rights leaders, just a really deep thinking, mystic, incredible person and and a very quotable person. He has an incredible way with words. And so this is what I read this morning. He was writing this as as a prayer to stay the course, to have the courage and the ability to stay renewed over the course of his life. And so this is what he said. The old song of my spirit has wearied itself out. It has long ago been learned by heart so that now it repeats itself over and over, bringing no added joy to my days or lift to my spirit. The words belong to old experiences which once sprang fresh as water from a mountain crevice fed by melting snows. 
But my life has passed beyond to other levels where the old song is meaningless. I demand of the old song that it meet the need of present urgencies. Also, I know that the work of the old song, perfect in its place, is not for the new demand. I will sing a new song. As difficult as it is, I must learn the new song that is capable of meeting the new need. I must fashion new words born of all the new growth of my life, my mind, and my spirit. I must prepare for new melodies that have never been mine before, that all that is within me may lift my voice unto God. How I love the old familiarity of the wearied melody. How I shrink from the harsh discords of the new untried harmonies. So that's what I read this morning. And the title of that is I Will Sing a New Song. Of course that resonates for me because I'm a singer and I have my own musical things that I am involved with. I just couldn't believe I was reading those words that, that, that he put them so eloquently as a song of how we cling to an old song of our life and we just want that song to meet the demands of what's happening now, of new things that are emerging, needs that are being uncovered. And we just want to take the old song and have it fit the new the new things. And it doesn't. It just doesn't fit anymore. But how scary it is to think that we have to fashion a new song. And how I love how he said that the discordant harmonies, right, of what I have not yet sung, of what I don't even know, what has never even been mine, it's so frightening. And that's what we deal with on the edge of becoming. I will also post that that prayer, his his prayer on my Instagram feed so that you can see it. I feel like it's something I'm going to come back to a lot. But again, the timing of this has been totally uncanny because I have felt a new song for myself forming this whole year, really, but a lot really in the last month. You know, as I've said, the podcast is shifting. That was a new song that I felt coming. I knew that the old tune of this song wasn't going to be able to go forward where it needed to go and where the conversation needed to continue. So I needed new notes. I needed new chords. I needed a new song. And so I've been doing that with my friend Tammy, really creating this new podcast. And if you are on my Instagram feed, then you're going to notice that my Instagram page has also shifted. It's no longer at Unleash Your Soul Song. It is now at The Intune Experience. That's the same address as my website, theintuneexperience.com. I'll put it in the show notes. So the podcast is changing. Plus now I want this bigger umbrella on Instagram at The Intune Experience to really explore this new song. What is happening here in this new song for me? So I'm going to put the Howard Thurman quote up there as kind of the kickoff for it. And I want to jump off with the first line of it. The old song of my spirit has wearied itself out. The reason that jumped out at me so much is because I knew I wanted to do this podcast about wholeheartedness because I heard a quote several months ago, probably two or three months ago, sometime over the summer. I heard this quote that the anecdote to fatigue isn't actually rest. It's wholeheartedness. And when I heard that, 
it rang so true. I just knew that that was true. You know, when you hear something and you're like, yeah, uh uh-huh. I don't know how that makes sense, but that totally makes sense, (laughs) right? That's where I was. That rang true because it was because of something I had read many, many years ago by Daniel Pink, who's actually a business writer. And he was writing in his book, Drive, the... um, book is called Drive, the, Supr- the Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us. It's the first time I had ever read about the scientific theory of flow. Now, I think we've all heard about flow a lot in, in our lives. A lot of people haven't heard of Daniel Pink, or people probably haven't even heard of Mikhail Szyszentmihalyi, which is the Hungarian scientist, the Hungarian um, psychologist, who really is the one who put the science behind the theory of flow, flow theory. But we've all heard it, right? We want to be in flow. We want to get in our groove. Flow is when you are so encompassed, you are so enraptured with what you're doing that time and space has no meaning. You are really in it with your full heart. And I remember when I read that, because in the book, they were talking about how the lack of flow can mimic symptoms of depression and lethargy. And I really, that struck a note with me because when I was a new mom, when I had little, little kids, I told myself through my shoulds that I should stay home with them, that that was what I should do. I could do it. And so I should do it. And I had a hard time, you guys. I just did. Being a mom, a stay-at-home mom, full-time to littles was really hard for me. And it did not feed my soul in a way that was particularly productive. I love my children. I love my children. And so please don't take that for anything other than just sheer honesty of where I was at that time. I would have been a better mom if I had found my flow and still had some pieces of that happening while I became a mother. That's just the truth. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's where I was. For some moms, being at home is like, that's their zone of genius. For my mom, that was her zone of genius when we were little. It was not my zone of genius. It was not my flow state. And I felt it. I felt fatigued. I felt depressed. And when I went to go talk to a therapist about it, she just wanted to prescribe me medication. And I remember then thinking, no, lady, you're missing it. That's not it. You're not going deep enough. Like there's something else. I don't know what it is, but there's something else underneath this. And I was right. What got me out of my funk and my depression was getting into a very rich volunteer life where I was able to use my gifts and to help connect with people and and to help advance missions. And that's when I got into my flow. And that's when I started to pull myself out of this funk and out of this fatigue and out of this depression. So when I heard that quote, that the anecdote to fatigue isn't rest, it's wholeheartedness. I knew that was true. And I loved the efficiency of that little packaged up phrase. But when I really sat down and thought about it, I thought, but what does wholeheartedness actually mean? Right? Like, what's that look like to put into action? Because these buzzwords are nice. It's like nice to have buzzwords and things that are easy sound bites that just ring true for whatever reason. But I needed to know, like, what does it actually look like? And so I took it to my morning pages, which 
I talked about on my last episode, why how I'm doing these morning pages, and I post about it on Instagram. So if you want to know more, you can go back and listen to the last episode or look on my Instagram for that. Um, so I took it to morning pages, and I said, I was just writing about the quote and wondering, what is wholeheartedness? And immediately, I wanted to jump to Brene Brown. How many of you wanted to do that? As soon as I said wholehearted living, you're like, yeah, Brene Brown, she's the queen of that. (laughs) And she is, without question, right? I immediately wanted to run to her work and look at her definition, because I just, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. But when you're doing morning pages, you don't get to do that. That's the beauty of morning pages. It'll land a question, which it did for me, You know, I was writing just that neat little quote about, I need to live more wholeheartedly. And then it landed the question, well, what in the world does that look like, Becky? What does living more wholeheartedly look like for you? And I couldn't run off. I couldn't run to go find someone else's answer. I had to come up with my own answer in those pages. And so that's why I love morning pages, just another plug for them. But what came to me in morning pages, I started thinking about flow And that connection to wholeheartedness and how I was feeling like, yep, where your heart is just really in it. That makes sense to me that that was be maybe that's just what I mean by wholeheartedness. I'm just in flow. And then I really was thinking about something that I learned years ago from an author named Char McBee in one of my most favorite books called To Lead is to Serve about servant leadership. It's incredible. If you haven't read it, if you're an any kind of leadership position, which everyone is somewhere in their life. You're either raising kids or you're at work and have somebody. It would just benefit anyone to read this uh, little book, To Lead Is To Serve. But in her book, she challenges people to uh, think about what makes a river flow. What actually makes a river flow? And her supposition is that it's the riverbanks. The riverbanks is what makes a river flow. It's that structure, right? It's what holds the water that has it go. So I started thinking about riverbanks and I was like, yeah, it is the riverbanks that helps the river flow. It helps direct and contain your chi, right? Your prana, your eros, your life force. It directs it to source. That's what rivers are doing. They're all trying to get to source that to the ocean, right? So if we think about it in that way, what keeps our life force, what keeps our energy, our chi, the things that really animate and motivate us that come, I believe, from a divine source inside, right? What gets that out and really gets it flowing and really gets it going and really is trying to guide it and direct it to that unitive field? to God, to a higher power, to whatever in the world metaphor or word works for you. What is it? It's the riverbanks. And to me, my riverbanks are my core values. I talk about them, I've talked about them rather, a lot on this show. And that's the one and only offering that I have for all of you and on my website is how to uncover and define your core values. I offer it for free. I offer services to help people go through the work because I believe it's so foundational. And that's what I came back to when I was thinking about for me, for me, what does wholehearted living look like? 
How do I put it into practice? And and that's what I came up with. I just thought it's the blessed riverbanks and those riverbanks are made of my core values. I have been feeling stuck this year a little bit. You know, we what came out of last year, you know, I had this whole thing with water uh, and about how water, what was it trying to teach me? And I came into this new year really feeling like I wanted to get into a new song, into a flow state, like get into that flow. So much so that this year at the beginning of the year on January 4th, I don't remember what set me down this rabbit hole to search for <laughs> to search for this that got this, but I found a quote by Maya Angelou online that I put in my journal and I wrote it on January 4th that a woman in harmony with her spirit is like a river flowing. She goes where she will without pretense and arrives at her destination prepared to be herself and only herself. And I wrote that in a sad way, honestly, because I wasn't feeling that. I feel like I I had felt like I had done so much hard work coming into this year, coming into 2022. I thought that I had removed this like so many boulders from my flow and I just couldn't figure out why I wasn't, why am I not just picking up the pace here? Why aren't things just rolling the way they should? And in some ways that they were, they, they were, they still were, but not totally. I didn't totally feel like a woman in harmony with her spirit flowing like a river, going where she will without pretense. I still felt a little um, hung up on some things. And so I wrote that almost as an intention for this year. Flow. That's what the water was trying to tell me in 2021, that 2022 is your year to flow. You are the water, flow like the water. And so that was the quote that came to me at the beginning of this year. And I was just reminded of it as I was preparing for this show and thinking about wholeheartedness and how that relates to flow and how that relates to riverbanks and how for me, those are my core values. So what's funny about this quote, I wrote this in my journal, I don't know, like January 4th. And I want to say it was maybe a week later, maybe a couple days later even, my good friend and soul sister, Tammy McCarthy, posted this exact quote in her Instagram stories. No lie. This exact quote. And I couldn't believe it. It just, I thought that's incredible that she is feeling the same thing. She's pulled to this quote this year. So right at the very beginning of the year, I just kind of knew, I felt this new song trying to emerge, and I felt that one of the really resonant notes in that song was Tammy. She's one of the notes that I need to bring in to a new chord for a new song. And it really wasn't revealed to me. We really didn't unearth until, I guess it was mid, it was the summer. I think it was maybe the beginning of summer when I just really knew I have to take the podcast somewhere else that had been on my mind. And then all of a sudden I was just like, you know what? I need to take the podcast somewhere with Tammy. And so that's what we're doing. So it's just so interesting how when we do start to flow, I started pulling in my core values and applying it to my podcast, you know, and saying, 
Where am I feeling stuck? Where am I not feeling aligned with my podcast around my core values? And when I identified that, that's really then what led me to saying, oh, I need to partner with somebody. That's what I need to do because I need to be more intimate with my podcast, which means into me see, you know, intimacy, into me see. I need to let people see me more. I need to just let it be however it's going to be, imperfect. And I can't do that on my own. I overscript myself. I overthink things. I overprepare. I don't just get on the mic and do it. Although I have the last two episodes of Unleash Your Soul Song. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> but uh, back to point, I knew that I needed that to help bring me back in alignment with my core values because intimacy is one of my core values. And to me, intimacy is being known and being seen for exactly who I am. Another one of my values is daring. I need to put myself out there. I have to kind of dare to just go out there. And that's a big piece of intimacy and and how this all ties together. So that's starting to flow around the podcast and that feels really good. That feels really good. What surprised me then was I started to feel a restlessness around my music. It started happening this summer. We had such a busy summer with music. I mean, an amazing summer of music. We were playing so much, playing our original music, great audiences, so much fun. But all of the sudden, by the end of the summer, that sense of fatigue that we talked about, that sense of fatigue was really crushing down on me like a ton of bricks. And I, of course, immediately thought, I just need more sleep. I just, we can't gig this much. I just physically need more sleep. And you know what? There's probably a little reality to that. But even as I started to peel away gigs and and we had a a space and time where we didn't have gigs for a week, I was still so tired. I, I just, this overall sense of fatigue. And that's when I realized Ah, this isn't the sleepy kind of fatigue. This is the not living wholehearted kind of fatigue. This is the something is misaligned with my core values fatigue. What is happening here? What is happening here? And let me tell you what happens when you don't identify that that's what's going on as a cautionary tale. So we had a gig think on over Labor Day weekend. So like Saturday of Labor Day weekend, September 3rd. And I ended up getting into a ridiculous, and I do mean ridiculous, fight. And it was a big fight with my music partner because I was tired. And I was confusing my tiredness with uh, too many gigs, taking too many things, not focusing on the right things. And I was just kind of grasping in this conversation. I was trying to have a conversation. I was trying to be productive and to say, I need to slow down. I need to realign things, but I wasn't ready yet. I hadn't really processed it myself. And so it was just coming out. I don't know in what kind of way, but clearly (laughs) not a productive one because it ended up in this big fight about photographs, no lie about photography and getting band photos, like so stupid. You can look back at things and you're just like, oh my gosh, that is not what that was about at all. But we ended up getting this huge blow up about it. And luckily we're both, you know, pretty dialed in people that we kind of realized 
that's not even what this stupid fight is about. And we're going to need to take a minute and figure out what in the world is going on here. So that I think was on September 4th that we had that big argument. So the next morning, September 5th, I go to my morning pages and I say, what the fuck? Like, seriously, what was that about? Like, what is wrong with you? I mean, clearly you need a break. Clearly you need something to shift. Clearly you're feeling like this isn't working anymore, but why? But why? And that's where, again, I came back to this quote about the fatigue and, okay, I'm not living wholehearted. And I now know, because I've already defined that for myself, that wholehearted living means I'm not living in alignment with my values. So in this musical experience that I've got going on here, what's not aligned? What's not working? And what came to me in my morning pages that morning, September 5th, was one of the most beautiful things that has come to me in a really long time. And I just started writing about what I wanted. And I wrote that I wanted to have more meaningful musical experiences. And I wrote and I wrote and I wrote about it and what that meant and what that looked like so that I would know what to say yes to. And then I would have a reason why I was saying no. Because every time you say yes to something, you guys, you are saying no to something else. So when I say yes to every single gig that comes our way, which is what we do, that has been what we have done for the last Oh gosh, I mean, forever since we've started playing music. And certainly since COVID, you know, as musicians, we said yes to everything we could. There just was not the luxury of saying no, that wasn't an option. So we've been in that mode of just yes, 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 yes. And there have been a few experiences where we've said yes to things that have not been a good fit and they have not landed well. They didn't end well. They were either not great gigs, not great turnouts misaligned partnerships with people who honestly have misaligned values, I think, for themselves that I don't really want to be in business with. So it kind of leads you to doing things that maybe you shouldn't do when you just say yes to everything. And so I recognized I'm saying yes to everything, which means I'm saying no to something. What am I saying no to? Because that's what I need to guard. I need to guard what my true yes is, right? I need to know what that is so that I can not say no to it accidentally and I can make space for it to come through. So in the end, I'll spare you the whole written out thing because this was over three pages, but it struck me so much. And by the end of my three pages, I had it distilled down to a point where I wrote on a like four by six post-it note that I have taped to the front of my calendar. I did it immediately. As soon as I was done with morning pages, I went and wrote this down. I taped this message, which I'm about to share with you, to the front of my calendar, and I taped it up to a wall in my closet because those are the two places I I look every day, every single day without fail. I see this wall in my closet. I see my calendar. And what I wrote and what came to me in morning pages when I really pushed myself to say, if I was aligning my values with my music, what does that look like? And here's what I came up with. More meaningful music experiences, MMMEs. So if that's an audible sound, it's me, kind of like mm good. So me, MMEs. And what do MMEs do? 
What's the point of them? They stimulate resonance in someone else. They strum the chords of their soul so that they can hear the melody of their own unique soul song and harmonize with it. That's what I want to do with my music. I want to have more meaningful music experiences where I can bring my music and try to stimulate resonance in someone else, helping to strum the chords of their soul so that they can hear the melody of their unique soul song and harmonize with it. I posted that on my notebook September 5th. I closed up my morning pages notebook because that was beautifully the last page of that notebook. You may have seen that post on Instagram of my first full morning pages notebook. That was the day, you guys, September 5th. So fast forward, when Tammy and I recorded our first podcast episode, Woo Woo in the Real World, I'm feeling like everything's starting to flow, feeling like those riverbanks are in place, so I feel good about where the podcast is going. She asked me that very day, would you be willing to come help me with something that I'm trying out for the first time? I've been invited to do this mindful minute at a corporate event where they're bringing in all of their people from across the country and they're together for a series of days and they're doing lots of different things, but they want to do like a mindful minute. And so I'm going to bring some essential oils. I'm going to bring some techniques, things that they can incorporate into their business day just to get centered, get rooted, have a mindful minute. And she said, would you be willing to come with me? And I said, of course, I'm happy to help you in any possible way that I can. And so she said, you know, think about maybe a song that you could do as a, a musical meditation. You know, try to incorporate music because music obviously is a big way to shift your energy. And I was delighted. And of course, that night I had the song. I knew one of my favorite songs to listen to, to sing, to play, just for myself. I've actually never played it out, ever. Is a song by the head and the heart called Let's Be Still. And I love it. I think it's a, it's a gorgeous song. It's a male-female harmony. So, of course, I like that because that's what I primarily do. Interestingly, though, we've never sung this song. I think I maybe brought it up several years ago, but just never pushed. And so we never did it. So I sat down and I, I played it out on the guitar. And I thought, oh, this is actually really beautiful. I can play this just simply on the acoustic guitar and sing along to it. And for me, it does something. So I'm hopeful, right? I'm hopeful that it will do something for other people. So 17 days after writing that MME message on my calendar, Tammy and I do the corporate event and it's amazing. You don't know in corporate, like are people gonna think this is crazy? You know, are they gonna think this is totally woo woo and they're totally not into it and we're talking about essential oils and breathe it in and write an affirmation and you know, you don't know how people are gonna respond. It was incredible. Everyone was so receptive. It was so moving, so incredible. People were participating and talking about their chakras. It was amazing. Then Tammy turned it over to me and I carried on and shared a few thoughts about what it means to me to, to be in tune. That's the name of my company, the, the Intune Experience. So what's that mean to me and how we can approach music and how we can approach this musical meditation so I kind of guided them into this meditation with this song and I started playing and I felt it. I mean, I felt 
something, but I wasn't looking up. I was trying to really stay focused and just really trying to tap into whatever gift is coming through me that I'm so lucky to bring into the world. And just, I wanted the music to be beautiful and I wanted it to be exactly right for them. So I was really focused on that. And when I looked up when it was done and I invited everyone to open their eyes, I saw that people were crying. And I'm almost crying now saying that. Not one person, not two people, not three people. Many, many people were crying. And some were crying pretty hard. And I looked at Tammy and she looked at me and we were just like, wow, look what just happened. Look what just happened. And when we fit, we wrapped up and people were wonderful. They came up. They told us how moving it was, how much they needed it. People were connecting, you know, between themselves of, I didn't realize that you were into this. I didn't know that you, you know, had your chakras cleansed. I, what does that mean? People are having conversations in a corporate setting like they've never had before because there just isn't the opportunity. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And then to make it even better, that evening, we got a message that someone literally went right after that and closed a $35,000 contract that she said she just went in, she was dialed in, and she said it was because of our session. So if you don't think that these mindful woo-woo things have any bearing on our real world, let me tell you, that's not true. It's just not. But more than that, just back to the wholeheartedness and putting those riverbanks up and defining what in the world does wholehearted living mean to me? How do I know if I'm doing it? How can I put those structures in place so that I can start to flow? If I hadn't done that, if I hadn't taken the time, would that have happened? I don't think so, you guys. I don't think so. It was a few things. It was being intentional about really dissecting it for myself. What does wholehearted living really mean? Identifying that, defining that, defining and knowing my core values so that I could apply them to the different parts of my life. Writing down my intention, writing it down. I just knew there was something powerful about writing down the message I got about more meaningful music experiences. I knew there was. And then 17 days later, I got to participate in one. How incredible is that? So incredible. It feels right that that's where I am right now and that things are flowing. Things I feel things starting to flow again. I've got my riverbanks up. I've got my core values working for me. I'm feeling that wholeheartedness. And guess what? I'm not feeling so tired anymore. Not feeling that really heavy, heavy cloud of weariness. Because the old song of my spirit has wearied itself out. It has. And it's time for a new song. It's time for new notes to come into my life. 
to create new chords, to support the melody that is coming up from my soul. And to me, that is what In Tune Living is about. I feel this new song coming. It feels exciting. It feels invigorating. It feels life-giving. It feels connected. It feels like it's leading to something bigger and more unitive. It feeds my soul, but it also feeds the souls of others. It's this perfect infinity loop where you don't know where the giving and receiving begins or it ends. To me, that's wholehearted living. That's where the good stuff is. That's where the energy is flowing and you feel that life force. That's where it comes from. And that's what I wanted to bring you today. I hope that that helps you in some kind of way with wherever you might be. What does wholehearted living mean to you? If you want help unpacking that, I am here for it. I am here for you. I would love to help you unpack what that means for you. If core values have any resonance for you at all and that they might play a role for you, please pull down that free resource on my website, theintunexperience.com. It pops up as soon as you get on the webpage. Pull it down. You do have to give your email address, but you guys, I don't send emails out. (laughs) I don't have time. So you're not getting spammed by me. That is not happening. Just pull down the resource. Use it. If you need help making your way through it, I'm here for you. If you don't feel like core values have anything to do with this, that's okay too. Then that's not what wholehearted living is for you. That's fine. Define it for yourself and get there because it feels great, you guys. It feels really, really great. I'm so excited about where everything is going. This has been a very intense kind of month of wholeheartedness for me. I went on a retreat that I did not expect to go on. I went last minute. I'll talk about it in one of the future episodes of Woo Woo in the Real World because I am still very much in process over that. But I did meet some of the most incredible, wholehearted, soulful people who are engaging in this work as well and working so hard. And they helped me on my path. Oh, so much I can't even begin to say. And this is coming from a person who hates group work hate it, but I love my group, love my people. So if if you're listening, big hugs, shout out, much love to you guys. All to say, lots of stuff percolating, lots of stuff flowing. I can't wait to continue these conversations with you in the new podcast, Woo Woo in the Real World. Keep an eye out for it. It's going to come in your stream if you're already subscribed to Unleash Your Soul Song. It's not going to change. That'll still come in your stream because of the way that the the technology works. It'll have a different cover. Obviously, it's going to have a different name. So when you see that pop in your podcast stream, don't be surprised. If you're just finding us, then search for Woo Woo in the real world going forward and you'll find us. You'll still be able to find me at The Intune Experience online. That's theintuneexperience.com. That's my website. And now also on Instagram. My Instagram is at The Intune Experience. You'll be able to find Tammy at Kahlo, K-A-H-L-O. I think she is at Kahlo Collective on Instagram. We're going to be putting out great things for you. Just exploring, unpacking going through it all, having these conversations. It's a continued journey and I can't wait. I cannot thank you enough, really can't thank you enough for being here with me 
on Unleash Your Soul Song for these 50 episodes. It means so much to me. It has been so important on my own journey. You've played a critical role in that, and I will forever be grateful. And I really hope that some way this show has played a meaningful role in your life as well. So as I've said many times, I'm going to say it for one last time as Unleash Your Soul Song. Let's keep going. You and me, you and me, he and she, he and she, next door neighbor, stranger down the street, form a chain, form a chain, grab the clouds, grab the clouds, cause we haven't even touched our highest ground, no we haven't even touched our highest ground, no we haven't even our highest ground. Unleash Your Soul Song is recorded and edited in 426 Studios, the music production company that I co-own. For more information about our music and the songwriting experiences we offer for individuals and corporations, please visit www.thefour26.com. That's www.thefour26.com.